Going Linux, episode 317, Linux Distros Reviewed. Welcome to the Going Linux Podcast. I'm your host, Larry Bushy. And I'm your co-host, Bill. Whether you're new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux, this podcast will provide you with valuable information and advice that will help you in Going Linux. We hope that you'll find this and all of our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and open source applications and using them to get things done. If you want, you can send us feedback at our email address at goinglinks at gmail.com or you can leave us a message on our voicemail at 1-904-468-7889. In today's episode, we're going to discuss several Linux distributions. Hello, Larry. Hey, Bill. Good How are morning. things going for you? <laughs> yes, it's, good morning again. It's going well. It's going well. Did you get washed away by the floods? I didn't get washed away, but we got lots of rain. Yes. I just want to point out something. Everybody says we're in a drought, and I keep reminding them, this is the desert. <laughs> mm-hmm. Desert doesn't usually have water. <laughs> but anyway, so yes, yeah, so you didn't get washed away. And no. How about you? You, uh, you okay where you are out there in the desert? <laughs> yes, I am okay out in the desert. I'm just, uh, I was out working, and it started raining, and I basically had to work for most of my shift drenched. So that was pleasant. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, that was a fun. So with that uh, weather report done, let's move right on. Okay. Okay. So, Larry, today's show is, uh, can't remember who uh, suggested it. Um, we use uh, Debian-based distros. Uh, yes, I we use do. Ubuntu, you use, uh, uh, what was he, uh, Mate. Ubuntu Mate. Oh, yeah. Ubuntu Mate, or Mate, yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So... To give the RPMs a fair shot, I decided I would go ahead and uh, subject myself to some fun. Or should I say torture? But uh, then when I was getting things ready for this, I was like, well, you know, there's other distros that aren't RPM. So this whole episode has zero uh, Deb-based distros. They're all... Uh, RPM or another different type of like Arch or, or Savion. So that's what I decided to just, just try, you know, talk about everything so we're not sounding like fanboys. But before we get started, could you just give anybody that's new just a quick overview of what how packages work? <laughs> that's a whole show on its own, Bill. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, but so... Okay. <laughs> The differences. The basic differences between the two, right. So they're called Debian and RPM-based because, uh, well, the distributions of Linux that are based on Debian uh, have installation packages or application packages that end in .deb. Uh, so they're called Debian-based packages and Debian-based distributions because they use those packages and because they are derived in one way or another from Debian, uh, which is, of course, a distribution of Linux. The RPM also refers to the way that the uh, applications are packaged, and typically they end in .rpm, as the name of the file that you install. And RPM is not a distribution in and of itself, but it's a way of packaging the applications for a Linux distribution. And for whatever reason, they've come to be called RPM-based packages, and they are based on, in some cases, Red Hat. Uh, in some cases, they're based on other distributions. And in some cases, some of these modern distributions that we'll be talking about today are original distributions that aren't based on Debian or Red Hat or anything. They've been developed from scratch as a Linux distribution themselves, and they happen to use uh, an RPM-based package manager, or in some of the cases that we'll be discussing today, they use another kind of package management system that's not RPM. 
at a high level, it's the way the applications are packaged. So just uh, just to fill in a few little gaps for anybody that's this is the first time sure. listening. Uh, if you are using like Red Hat, OpenSUSE, uh, I'll use those because those are two main ones. They use uh, their packages as .rpm. Now you can't use an RPM on a Debian-based system, which would be like Ubuntu Mate or Ubuntu or uh, even just plain Debian. I mean, they're the same programs, but they're packaged differently, so the software manager can actually uh, knows how to install them. So they both do the same type of thing, just do it in different ways. Does that sound about right? It does sound about right. And strictly speaking, there's a command called alien that you can use to convert packages from one type to another. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It does its best, uh, its best effort. So in general, it's best to stick with the packages that you have. Uh, and in, in today's world, most of what is out there in the way of applications is available for both RPM and Debian-based distributions. And this is the only reason we're just covering this as an overview is that each one of the distributions has its own repositories. And mm -hmm. it's really not an issue. If you can find all the programs in the repositories that you need, then you really don't even have to worry about the the RPM or uh, the or the dev packages because it's just there and it knows how to do it. It just the only time this would come into play is if you wanted to uh, a program that wasn't included. And a good one is Skype. <laughs> Sometimes uh, Skype is a little, uh, shall we say, uh, wonky trying to get it installed if it's not included in the repositories. And some distributions include it. Some don't. Depends on where they stand on. Uh, you know, the freedoms and all that stuff. And we'll get a little bit into that. So the okay. first one is neither. It is an RPM or uh, dev-based. It, I believe the extension is G, was it GTZ or some weird one they come up with. It's Gentoo-based. Right. And uh, I, how I would like to describe this one is how I love to hate you. <laughs> This this uh, distribution is a rolling release, and uh, Sabian uh, aims to work out of the box as its philosophy. Everything should just work, um, and it wants to give its users a wide app uh, number of applications to pick from that are ready to use and self-configured for the operating system. So theoretically, you, sh you should be able to find everything, install it, everything just works. Uh, Sabian offers a pretty easy to use interface. Uh, I will give a caveat there. Uh, when you first install it, since it's a rolling release, and rolling release means that you install it and it's just it's constantly being updated. And the problem with that is sometimes there's lots of updates. Uh, the I sat for about six hours before it finally got completely updated. So just a little word, <laughs> uh, word or warning. It takes a while to bring it up to date. Um, it's got a, a pretty captivating look. It's got good hardware detection. It found everything on my laptop. Uh, and uh, the, the only thing that uh, uh, is a little bit different about this is that uh, they install a lot more. I like to say it's the kitchen sink mentality. They install <laughs> everything. Yeah. And, and Sabian comes in several flavors. And the one I used was KDE, but it also comes in GNOME and XFCE uh, desktops. And I believe you can even get one that has uh, no desktop at all, and you can just do whatever you want with. Install the ones you want. Yeah, or install the ones you want. <laughs> leave it as a server without a desktop. Yeah. I decided to try use the KDE version and the base system was okay. It locked up once mm. and I had to do a hard reboot. But then after that it updated but I, I didn't have enough chances because I had so many distros to look at because it was a matter of downloading them and trying to install them uh, on 
uh, from a USB stick and from a, a DVD. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I will, because I wanted to make, you know, because not everybody has, uh, buys hundreds of DVDs like I do. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> not anymore now that, you know, you can install Linux distributions from a USB stick instead of a CD or a DVD. But if you look at uh, Sabian, it's a big download. It's like 3.6, I believe, okay. the one that I downloaded. Well, uh, when you pre-install a whole bunch of applications, that's what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't know, I, I kind of... I know what they're trying to go for, but the problem with Savion, I think it's just uh, they should have done more like how uh, Ubuntu Mate does. They pick the best of the best of the breed and just put that in there, right? Instead of having four different types. I'm not saying it's a bad one. Uh, it's it, it, if it, your programs that you are looking for are not in the repository, it might be a little. It, it, there's a Pretty, pretty big learning curve but I wasn't with that being said I wasn't able to find any programs that I needed that I couldn't get from the repositories hmm. okay so, now and maybe maybe Bill we should define repository since we're right at the beginning of this podcast episode and we haven't really defined yeah. it yet a repository is just another name for the software library that comes with your distribution that has software applications that have been pre uh, predetermined will work without a problem or tweaked to work without a problem for the distribution that you have. So it's the, the software library is another way of putting it. Yeah, it's just a big library of software that you can install in your system. Uh, the Sabian comes with, like I said, everything but the kitchen sink. It mm -hmm. had Skype in the... Um, and the repositories it had Dropbox and repositories, so I really didn't need to go look for anything to actually get it up and make it and ready to go. Ooh, okay. Where I can't really decide whose fault it is. I, I'm leaning toward a little bit KDE because KDE uh, always a little glitchy uh, in my in past experiences, but I had some really uh, how should I say it interesting glitches. You know. You have to dig three or four panels down to get the, the sound to work, and you had to. There's multiple uh, panels, uh, multiple control panels that you had to, to activate to get the headphones to work. I mean, it saw the headphones, but it wouldn't work until you had to dig around in the menus to find which settings that you needed to put the check mark in. Mm -hmm. That being said, I don't think that's Sabian's fault. Uh, I think if they had you went with uh, the, if I had went with the GNOME or XFC desktop, it would have been fine. So I'm going to rate this one as probably not. It's they say it's for beginner, intermediate, and advanced. I would say this one would be based more toward intermediate, because if you have no clue, uh, you know what things do or 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 how to you know, it's not like just being able to install it and go. So, right. and I think it's just because they try to throw so much into it. So I would say Sabion would be a good intermediate distribution for someone that wants to just play around. But I, I really can't um, recommend this one as being a good first time distribution. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. And. I think that uh, since I haven't used it myself, I can't really comment on Sabion. I've installed it once in a um, uh, in a virtual machine and tried it out a little bit, and it was a uh, another Linux distribution. And because I didn't really play around with it all that much, I really didn't have the in-depth experience that you've had. So it sounds like Sabion is uh, trying to be for the average user by putting everything in that you could possibly want, lots of different options, and then with the understanding that either you don't touch them all or you just uninstall what you don't want, rather than the philosophy from other distributions, which is give you the basics, and if you need anything else, you go to the software repository and, and install it. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Uh, like like I said, they, they're trying hard, but I think... They should just pare it down a little bit and uh, work on 
getting things uh, running a little smoother. Uh, I will give Sabion props on, on one uh, front. They were the easiest to install. Hmm. Okay, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah they, they installed flawlessly from a, 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 a thumb drive, and they installed flawlessly from a DVD. So it's not all negatives. They do they're doing some things right, but it needs some polish before I would recommend this for someone's first distribution. Okay, and before we move on to the next one, uh, we're going to provide some links that appear in the. DistroWatch website, and let me just give you a little overview of what DistroWatch has to say about Sabion. Um, it is the name of the distribution currently is Sabion. It used to be called Sabion Linux. Before that, it was RR4 Linux, and prior to that, it was RR64 Linux. Uh, I don't know the history of the, the names, but uh, it is currently available at their homepage, Sabion.org, and they have mailing lists on lists.sabion.org. If you want to stay up on the latest Sabion news, they have a user forum at forum.sabion.org, and they have some alternative uh, forums on Linux questions. We'll include that link, and the the uh, documentation is at wiki.savion.org. And as you mentioned, it's based on Gentoo. Its country of origin is Italy. It supports ARM and 64-bit uh, processors. The available desktops are Fluxbox, GNOME, KDE, Mate, and XFCE. Those are the ones that apparently are supported. And of course, as you mentioned, it's a rolling release, which means they don't have six month release cycle where they update it and set, send you a new version or make available a new version for download and installation. You just get the updates as they become available and you get the latest version of Sabion as long as you keep up with the updates. Yeah, pretty much. And like I said, it's uh, it's a decent uh, distribution. Uh, one of the things I liked about it, it is a, tr a truly community-driven uh, distribution. There isn't um, a corporation behind it like some of the others. So that's something to look at. It's very friendly uh, um, users. I, I had a few questions, and they were very quick to answer it. So, uh, you know, as, as a general rule, you know, it's not a bad one. Now, the next one. Mm -hmm. that I looked at, and this one caused me a world of pain. I think <laughs> I think RPMs just hate my guts. Um, but it is Scientific uh, Linux, and it's based on Red Hat Enterprise, and I use the GNOME version of it. Um, okay. And Scientific Linux is a, just is a recompiled Red Hat Enterprise Linux, and it was developed by Firma National. I think it's it. It's Firma National Accelerational Accelerator Laboratory and the European Organization for Nuclear Research, or CERN. And those are the guys that runs the big super high super colliders. You know, they like to right. You know, have small nuclear explosions. That just <laughs> that's real comforting. Uh, anyway, um, so these guys, the the history behind this is that they wanted. Uh, a, they had a bunch of labs working together, and they were all using different versions, and they found that they were having a little bit of difficulties. So they wanted one that they is across the board uh, that could uh, that they all could use, and they all could, and they would just work together a lot better. So that's what they kind. That's why they kind of uh, went with and made this scientific uh, Linux. Now you might say, well. Can I run it? Yes, you can download it. And uh, one of the reasons I pick Scientific Linux is they have a huge library of ham uh, programs. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So apparently scientists uh, are hams too in more ways than one. So it aims to be fully compatible with Red Hat Enterprise Linux, and it also provides additional packages uh, that are not found in the upstream product. When I say upstream product, that means the, the regular Red Hat Enterprise Linux for those mm -hmm. 
just a little a little information there. The most notable among these uh, various, they have different file systems, and one's called the Cluster Suite and Global File System, or GFS. It also includes Fuse, OpenAFS, SquashFS, and UnionFS. And it also includes wireless networking support and what you'd expect from any modern day Linux uh, distribution. And they also include um, Java development kits in it. And they also have the lightweight uh, ICE, I call it ICE uh, WM, or I, call it, I like to call it ICE WAM, but ICE <laughs> uh, WM window manager. And so they, they have a lot of stuff for statistical computing and just, and they use for their email Alpine, which is basically just a text driven. Um, email system from what I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was, I could not get installed from a USB drive. It just would not do it. It just hated my guts. So, I, of course, I burned the DVD and it installed and it come up and it's a little bland. <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. But then what do you expect from people that wanted the software to be used in a laboratory so I'm not going to knock them on that um, the one thing that I didn't particularly like is that it, de- it didn't it didn't have uh, Skype in repositories it didn't have Dropbox in repositories it didn't have uh, Chrome in the repositories so it's very uh, only certain types of programs now this isn't it doesn't go to mean that you can't install it but that just means more work. And so with this one, it ran okay. Uh, I didn't have any issues with it running. Um, it did have some updates, but I would not recommend this as a first time um, distribution. This would be have to go in someone that's been running one for a while. Uh, or just wants a little more of a challenge. Because there's a lot of... Um, more work that's required to, to actually get it up and uh, make it useful you know i i want i want to be able to install it and get things done i don't want to install it and spend two days getting everything installed and configured so with that i'm not going to say it's a bad distribution i'm just going to say probably not the best choice for the first one Right, so this is more of a specialty, very specialty, uh, yes, yeah, distribution for high performance computing, or if you're a scientist and you're working on, you know, rockets or or nuclear fusion or stuff like that. This is the distribution for you because it has a lot of the things that you might be looking for, and it's geared for that kind of an application, right? Pretty much, and I just saw some. Uh, I've just. Uh, said bad things about their uh, distribution and these guys develop uh, rockets and uh, like to blow things up boy that's what's real smart hey guys i like it (laughs) very much so let me just move on well Uh, before you move on again let me do a quick summary of scientific linux uh scientificlinux.org is their homepage and they have a mailing list at scientificlinux.org slash community mm-hmm. uh, and their forum is scientificlinuxforum.org uh, they have a Linux questions forum there as well the documentation is scientificlinux.org slash documentation based on Red Hat they are developed in the United States uh, and they support 386 architecture, 64-bit architecture, and the supported desktops are GNOME, ISWM, and KDE. And they make a great server as well as a general-purpose desktop for the average uh, scientific user. Uh, and they have a fixed release model as opposed to a rolling release model. And I don't know whether that's six months or yearly, if it's based on Red Hat, it probably follows the Red Hat of um, of cycle, releases yeah. release cycle. Yeah. Okay. Now, I will one uh, strong point for them is if you have an older computer that's a three eighty six, 
Mm -hmm. They have a, uh, a image for you to run. And I've started noticing that a lot of these, uh, distributions, they don't support 386s again anymore. So right. if you have a 386, uh, this is one you might want to look at, even though it might not be very user friendly. It's nothing that's that reading some, uh, wikis and asking questions won't help you get solved. Right. Now, the other one, uh, that I, played with was OpenSUSE and I went with the Tumbleweed and the Tumbleweed is basically their rolling release. Now this one was was not difficult but it had some a little few challenges getting installed. Nothing that um that would is a game uh, breakers uh, but I would say that just make sure you read the instructions, you know, and mm -hmm. don't do like I do and so click 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 click. Because if you do that, you're likely to mess up something, as I learned. <laughs> yep. Okay, so the OpenSUSE project is a community program sponsored by SUSE Linux and other companies, promoting the use of Linux everywhere. This program provides a free and easy access to OpenSUSE, uh, or SUSE, depending on how you say it. Uh, it, and it's a complete Linux distribution. The OpenSUSE project has three main goals. One is to make OpenSUSE the easiest Linux for anyone to obtain and the most widely used Linux distribution. Leverage open source collaboration to make OpenSUSE, OpenSUSE the world's most stable Linux distribution and desktop environment for a new and, and experienced Linux users. So they want to do all this and make it Easy to use, easy to collaborate, make it stable, and uh, they just kind of want to dramatically simplify and open the development of the packaging process for to make OpenSUSE the platform of choice for Linux developers and software vendors. And I always like to say OpenSUSE wants to be the RPM distro to Ubuntu. <laughs> <laughs> OpenSUSE, I I can't really say it's a, a anything that makes me go, wow, this is great. It, you know, it's pretty, but I also ran into the same issue again. It didn't have things I wanted in their repositories, but you can get them. Um, I wasn't particularly um, thrilled with some of the choices they made uh, for the programs, but at least they didn't throw everything in the kitchen sink. Then again, you can install anything you want on it. I mean, if you got, if you can find a package, uh, you can install it, or if you're really hardcore, you can compile it, but it's really not that hard anyway. Uh, the only, the only problem with it is that I don't see it as being a replacement for a uh, Windows user coming to Linux, I don't see this as a first choice because I don't see anything they really offer that you can't get on uh, Ubuntu Mate, Ubuntu, I just or like Linux Mint. I just don't see anything that they offer that would make that that why you should choose this one over them. So I would say. It can be a new user's first distro. I don't know if it would be the best, um, but I would just say, hey, it works. And that's about all I really can say about this one. It, now, this one would not install from the USB drive, but it would, it, but installed flawlessly from a DVD. Right. So I would say, hey, you know, Give it a try. See if you like it. You know they have some live CD, uh, DVD images. Give it and see if you like like it better than Ubuntu or uh, Ubuntu Ubuntu Mate or Linux Mint. See if you prefer it. And because you know we have plenty of choice, but I would have to say, yes, you can. This can be a, a new Linux user's first distribution. I just don't know if it's the best. Yeah, so I have actually used OpenSUSE, and it was the first Linux distribution that I used for the longest period of time. Not the first Linux distribution I used, but the one that I've, I used for some substantial period of time. And I used it 
until Ubuntu came along and caught my attention with version 6.06, .06, which was not the first version of Ubuntu, but it was the first one that I had used. Um, so I have a good deal of experience with earlier versions of OpenSUSE and a couple of comments. Uh, I would agree that it doesn't have anything that would make it stand out as an average computer user's Linux distribution, especially if you're moving over from Windows or Mac. However, it does have a lot of features built in for a corporate environment, for networking, for uh, joining a network that includes Windows computers, for managing networks that use Windows computers, and those kinds of things. So it's got a lot of features for a business environment. Uh, and that's one of the things that attracted it, me to it right off the bat is because of those corporate features. Uh, and it has a, a unique packaging system uh, or a unique way of managing the installation of the packages that is a little different than most other distributions. And it has a utility package that uh, allows you to do setup and manage the setup uh, and various other aspects of OpenSUSE. Uh, so there, it's kind of unique in that, uh, per, from that perspective as well. What DistroWatch has to say about it from a summary perspective, its homepage is opensuSA.org. Uh, it has a mailing list with a link that's way too long to read out, so I'll just include that in the show notes forums.opensusa.org for their forums, as well as uh, an alternative forum on Linux questions. Uh, documentation can be found at a link that I'll include in the show notes. It's a bit long as well. It's an independent uh, distribution, meaning that it's not really based on uh, any other distribution, even though its packages are RPM format. It's not based on Red Hat or any of the basic RPM-based uh, distributions out there. It's independent. Its country of origin is Germany. They support ARM, uh, RMHF, uh, i586, and uh, x64. So there's no 386 support. It supports the desktops of Cinnamon, Gnome, IceWM, KDE, LXDE, OpenBox, WMaker, and XFCE. They have server versions, desktop versions, live media, and Raspberry Pi support. It's offered in both fixed distributions or fixed release cycle distributions as well as a rolling distribution, the tumbleweed distribution that you tried out, Bill. And uh, they're generally a Linux distribution that's pretty easy to use, I think, uh, overall, even though there's nothing that makes them stand out. Uh, amongst the other distributions as, wow, this one's so much better. Uh, they're certainly right up there with everybody else in terms of usability, right? I would agree. And just um, just a disclaimer, um, these are just my opinions and my observations. Oh, sure. Your, your mileage may vary. So I'm not I'm not saying any of these are particularly good or particularly bad. I'm just saying this is what I found. The uh, one thing about OpenSUSE is it does have a very active uh, um, mailing list, and its user forums are fairly friendly. Uh, I just uh, wasn't a huge; it just didn't make me go wow. So, so you know, with that being said, um, this this distribution, I think it would be better suited for if you're going to install it on a lot of corporate desktops like in an office say your office went from windows to all uh, open source it'd be fine everything would work you'd have your word processors etc etc and it would work well amongst itself so i would say um, more corporate uh, geared than maybe user geared right and one of the reasons it's so supportive of, of networks and corporate environments is, at least in part, because it was in the early days supported quite heavily by IBM. And in fact, in the days when IBM 
uh, had the ThinkPad line before they sold it off to the group over in China, the Lenovo group. It was an IBM ThinkPad. In those days, you could order uh, a ThinkPad from IBM directly and order it with Linux installed, and the Linux that you would get would be uh, SUSE Enterprise Linux. Yeah, and by the way, Larry, I'm looking at a Ubuntu 6.06 DVD that I still have. What do you give me for it? <laughs> uh, I'm sure I could find one somewhere on the internet. I could download if I really wanted one. And wow, so uh, no I had one of the, I had Nothing. one of those as well. And yeah, nah, I wouldn't give you a thing for it. But uh, uh, mainly because in order to bring it up to scratch to make it secure and make it modern, uh, I'd have to upgrade it to 16.04 at least. <laughs> And I may as well just download that distribution and and install it from scratch. So there you go. Oh, well, you know, I thought I had something there. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, it's good nostalgia piece, though. Keep it, you know, frame it or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. Moving right along. <laughs> Fedora Linux was my next uh, tormentor. And I absolutely did not like this one at all. Okay. Um, Tell us why. One, I had problems getting installed uh, from the USB and the uh, DVD. I finally mm. did get it installed, um, but I was banging my head against a wall and wanted to chuck my computer out the second-story window. After I got it installed, though, um, it ran okay, but then again, it's this one is very unique in their software... Um, policies as far as if it's not completely a hundred percent free it is not in the repositories so then again i'm like oh man i have to go find dropbox i have to go find skype i have to go find this program i have to go find another program and after a while it just you know i like i said you know our, our show title is for people who just want to use links to get things done yeah i was getting things done searching for pro for the programs i wanted to use yeah so yeah. when you say free you're not talking about free of charge you're talking about free is in freedom yeah uh by the uh free software foundation yes uh, yeah, pretty definitely. much so yeah. um now fedora uh used to be called fedora core and it's in its, it's a distribution developed by the community, and but it's supported by the Fedora project, and is owned by Red Hat. Fedora contains software distributed under the free and open source license, and aims to be the leading edge of such technologies. So basically, their their software policy is is yes, the program you can get free programs, but it also has to be if it's in a repository, it has to be uh, free, as we just described, right. uh, from Free Software uh, Foundation. And I just find that irritating a little bit just because I don't want to work that hard to make something work. Um, but Fedora has a reputation uh, for focusing on in innovation. I believe it was one of the first to uh, incorporate the new GNOME 3 in the desktop. And also, they're also—I uh, think—they're on the forefront of the Wayland, also. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they like to integrate technologies uh, early, and they—they they work very closely with their upstream communities. Uh, the default is that desktop, and it is the GNOME desktop, which is the GNOME three, and uh, the interface is the GNOME shell. Um, just prepared. It can be a little bland when you first install it because there's not much installed extra. Uh, they go to the way left uh, of what Sabion does. Okay, <laughs> so they like to not have a lot installed. But the cool part about them is they do support KDE, XFCE, LXDE, Mate, and Cinnamon. And if you install Cinnamon, uh, which I did just for giggles, it, it makes it look a lot nicer in my opinion. But I, I like the Cinnamon desktop. Now, uh, for the, the Fedora project also 
dis distributes custom variations, and these are called fedora spins. So if it's fedora, one fedora spin might be have the KDE, and one might have the cinnamon. So that's kind of give you an idea of what they do. And they're built with specific sets of software packages. Uh, sometimes um, I've seen where they've had one for graphic artists, they've had one for sound engineers, they've had one for uh, software developers. So they tend to put more of those type of programs into these spins. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, they like to offer the alternative desktop environments and they like to target specific interests such as gaming, security, you know, and computing and robotics. I, I haven't tried the robotics one. Um, I, I, actually, I don't remember even seeing it on their website. But then again, uh, I had two computers and I was trying to figure out why this thing wasn't installing. <laughs> so getting to my final verdict on this one, not my favorite. Would not recommend it uh, to a new user. If you were a new user who didn't want any uh, software except 100% free, as in freedom, uh, software, then this might be a choice for you. Not been one of my favorites. Of course, I will say they come up with some great names. One of my favorite was, uh, they called one, it was Werewolf. And I just thought that was the coolest. But then I'm easily entertained. <laughs> so to summarize again, so the Fedora Project, you can get to their homepage at getfedora.org. They have a mailing list that's fedoraproject.org slash wiki slash communicate. User forums at forums.fedoraforum.org. Uh, they have a Linux questions forum as well, and documentation is available at a very long URL we'll have in the show notes. They're an independent uh, distribution, although they are based and supported by Red Hat, and their country of origin is the U.S. They support ARM, HFP, i686 and x64 so again this is a distribution that does not support the 386 uh, architecture they support a lot of different desktops awesome cinnamon as you mentioned enlightenment gnome kde plasma lxde mate open box rat poison and xfce and they are a fixed release and again, because of your lackluster uh, uh, review, not that the review was lackluster, but your rating of Fedora, we're probably going to get those Fedora fan people uh, writing into us, telling us how much we're wrong. This is opinion. So again, your mileage may vary. Yes. What's the next one, Bill? <laughs> the, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving along. But I will say... Rat Poison is probably one of the craziest names for a desktop ever. Yeah. I like that one, Rat Poison. What you running? I'm Rat Poison. Okay. <laughs> Moving right along. Disclaimer. PC Linux OS. Uh, I have run PC Linux OS extensively in my years of distro hopping and gaming and stuff. I am probably... This is probably going to sound like I'm a fanboy, and you'd be rightly to call me a fanboy because I, I like them a lot. Um, PC Linux OS is a user-friendly Linux distribution and out-of-the-box support for popular graphics and sound cards as well as other uh, peripheral devices. It has a bootable live CD, provides an easy-to-use Graphic installer and dis and dis um, distribution supports a wide, uh, I mean a wide range of popular applications for for the typical desktop user, including browser plugins, full multimedia playback. Uh, it's very intuitive when for system configuration, and I find this just hilarious. It uses the Synaptic package manager and. The only reason I find it hilarious is um, anybody that's run Debian knows that that's that used to be and you can still install it. Um, the 
package manager of choice for Debian. And so I, I, this is the first one I've ever seen that actually uses it for Red Hat <laughs> for mm-hmm. packages. So I thought that was really cool. Um, right out of the box, your DVDs will play, your MP3s will play. Um, the browser plugins are 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 really, really uh, useful. Uh, it also comes in a few different varieties. Now, I did not... They they're called uh, you have they have uh, regular KDE and then they call the full Monty KDE which is they throw everything in there and then it has a little different it has like a custom desk desktop and then they have one, a gnome which I'm not too much of a fan of surprisingly um, I don't like the way it looks but that's just me um, it's not bad distribution at all um, it's very uh, um, it runs well, but now I have to ding one of my favorite piece uh, <laughs> distributions because um, for a long time they had a bug when you went to go partition your hard drive, um, it would throw an error, and you ha- I had to search for it, and uh, I- I'm sure they've got a fix because I didn't have this error this time, but uh, it- they're not as fast at as fixing some things as I would like. But mm-hmm. that being said, it's a beautiful and very ready-to-use system out of the box. Unfortunately, I had problems getting installed in with with my USB drive and my USB and in my uh, DVD uh, drive. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's. I don't know what's going on there. I think it's it's got to do something kind of different or they got they, they go about it a different way but uh you know the tools they use to partition it are easy to understand they're very friendly mm-hmm. but it likes to throw errors and like uh for me anyway but when i finally did get it installed it ran it ran great um but i would have to ding them pretty hard on uh, the install process it needs to be streamlined uh, it needs to be a little bit um, maybe uh, clearer on some elements so it's not as easy to install as let's say uh, Linux Mint or uh, Ubuntu Mate because you know pretty much Ubuntu Mate is just put the thing in start it up and follow the prompts and it installs mm. almost 100% all the time so that's what I'm kind of looking for. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it needs a little work, but it's not the worst on this list. The worst is coming, I promise. Um, but as I would have to give, you know, if I was rating this from one to five, I'd give it a three and a half, maybe, maybe a four, but I wouldn't give it any more. I would say it, it, it would be a good choice for a new user, but just be aware that you might have a few issues getting installed but once it's installed it runs great and it's kind of a rolling release also once you install it uh, it updates the packages and the same thing I did I dinged Sabion on was sometimes the up updates take a little while right yeah it uh, distrowatch describes it as a semi rolling release yeah so you rated it 3.5 out of what? Five or out of five. 10. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's surprising you rate it so so low given that it's one of your favorite distributions. Well, I wanted to be fair. I mean, I, you know, I don't want anybody saying, hey, you know, why, why are you digging all these uh, distributions? And I'm just calling it as I see it. Because I don't want anybody to think that we're trying to ding all. Because all these are non-Debian-based uh, right. distributions. So if anything, I'm being a little harsher on even my favorites. Just you know, so everybody knows that I'm being 100% fair. I don't want anybody right. saying, "Well, he said this is great, and this thing is totally, <laughs> you know, unusable." So, like I said, uh, we pretty much have a policy on 
going lengths. If we if it if it's if it's a duck, we call it a duck. <laughs> right. Well, on this duck, uh, <laughs> the distribution again is PC Linux OS. You can find the homepage at pclinuxos.com. Uh, DistroWatch doesn't identify any mailing list or location for documentation, but they do have a forum at pclinuxos.com slash forum and an alternative forum on Linux questions. They're an independent forked from Mandriva uh, distribution based in the U.S. and their architecture supported says... Uh, Intel 64-bit, desktop-supported KDE, LXDE, and MATE. And they describe themselves as a distribution for beginners. And as I said, they're semi-rolling. So with that summary, let's move on to your least favorite. Is this your least favorite? Yeah, this one. This one I am not very happy with. I was unable to get this installed or run. Hmm. I guess uh, that would make that my least favorite as well. <laughs> uh, I, I got so frustrated with this this distribution. I had high hopes for it because if you remember, I run Crunchbang, which was the mm -hmm. Debian version. It used uh, the same desktop, only used a Debian uh, base. And I was like, wow, this would be really great because uh, I kind of liked the whole black look, very minimalist, you know, tech, you know, you, you could open the, uh, a lot of the stuff you needed to open uh, the text uh, box and you could just, I found it easier to be able to just type the command I wanted in the text box and to use it. Okay, would that build up? Tell us what the name of this distribution is. <laughs> Archbang. Okay. And yes, I went on a rant before and didn't even tell you what the name was. <laughs> but it, 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 it supposedly uses the open box window manager. I wouldn't know because I wasn't able to get it uh, running. But then again, just a disclaimer again, I have yet to get any Arch distribution working. So your, your mileage will definitely vary on this one. Um, it has a lot, you know, a lot of great things they say. You know, it's 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 fast. It's it's not a lot of stuffs included. Uh, you can kind of customize it how you want. So this one, because I just can't give it anything lower. <laughs> no, I won't be that mean. I I would just have to say I'm not a fan. And yeah. Well, let's uh, let's not give it a rating since you really weren't able to try it out. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't give it any, I can't give it a rating because I couldn't get it to run. But uh, you know, this is another one that uh, you know I think would have would have great uh, success and great uh, uh, uptake if I could get it to work. But you know, then again, <laughs> I can't. So where is it rated on? Uh, Distro watch, just out of curiosity. Uh, I had to scroll down quite a bit to <laughs> find it. So, <laughs> yeah, let's just leave it at that. Okay. Uh, just as a summary, Archbang Linux is located at archbang.org. Uh, no mailing lists listed in DistroWatch. Uh, they have user forums at bbs.archbang.org. <laughs> BBS, I haven't heard that term in a long, long, long time. They have a forum on Linux questions, of course, and documentation is available on wiki.archbang.org. They're based on Arch. Uh, they are from my fellow Canadians up there in Canada, uh, and they support the <laughs> X64 uh, as well as the 686 architecture for processors. Uh, they have support for desktops, the open box that you mentioned, and something called i3 that I'm not familiar with at all. And their release model is rolling. So if you want to show Bill up and prove how easy it is to install ArchBang and give us some feedback on your experiences, we'd appreciate it since Bill wasn't able to give that one a try. So last question, Bill. That was our last distribution for review. Mm -hmm. What are you using on a day-to-day -day <laughs> basis? Any of these? Um... No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Still on a, a Debian base, huh? They didn't switch you over. Uh, I um, well, that's not the total truth. I still have uh, Sabion still installed because I was playing with it, uh-huh. but uh, my main system again and has changed a little bit. Uh, after experiencing everything that I went through, and it was a lot of fun. I, I, I you know, I, I make it out like it was torture, uh, but it was, you know, I, I enjoy kind of trying out new stuff. I uh, installed um, Ubuntu uh, Mate. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Oops. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I like how I like their um, the distro, and it, it works well, but. I, I wanted to uh, to review some stuff that we normally don't talk about. Yeah. Just just because to show people that, one, that we're open to try anything. And in the middle of this, I, I, I got an email that you forwarded that um, there was another distro uh, that uh, was put out by like a one person or something. It was based on OpenSUSE. Right. And uh, I didn't get a chance to look at it, but I uh, just because there's it takes time to you know to install them and configure them because you just don't want to install them and just say well this thing is great or this thing sucks and just be done. You want to kind of get it set up so you can actually use it uh, for a day or two. But I'm not a, you know I'm not a fan of. Uh, RPM-based distributions. That's just my opinion. I like the Deb uh, Debian-based ones, mm-hmm. but uh, if if uh, there was a really great RPM um, distribution, I would use it. Uh, I used PC Linux for a long time. Um, that was the distribution that I used when I interviewed John O'Bacon. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, and that uh, that email was from Benjamin, and he uh, was recommending Gecko Linux. Gecko. That's what it was. Yes, that's the one. But uh, anyway, a- a- as a overview, there's some good possibilities on this list, and there's a few that need some work, or uh, we, we wouldn't recommend it for a new user. But none of them are bad, inherently bad, and none of them are inherently good. So I would say. Pick your poison <laughs> and uh, give it a try. Um, and uh, that's about all I got to really say uh, on the matter. It's, I enjoyed it. I And uh, I look forward to looking at some others that are not uh, uh, reviewed very often. Because I was looking at District Watch. There's a, some that went... Um, that went inactive, but there's some new ones that have come out onto the scene that I want to look at. Uh, so I kind of look forward to uh, maybe doing another one of these, and hopefully uh, it doesn't sound as negative as this one. But you know, I, I'm just calling it as I see it. So, guys, don't flame me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Thanks, thanks a lot for doing this because I don't have a lot of time to experiment around much anymore, and I'm glad that you made the time i know your time is getting more and more eaten up by by the work that you do and the other stuff that you do uh, uh in your personal life outside of work but um you have a personal uh, thanks. life once in a while uh-huh. i don't <laughs> um, know what that is so when you when you do take the time to uh venture out into new Linux uh, adventures. It really helps us out here because it gives us a little broader view of what's going on in the Linux environment. Helps our listeners, of course, because they're interested in what's going on and our opinion of things outside of the distributions we use day to day. And Mm -hmm. it's always good to, uh, to broaden your horizons a little bit and experiment around. So again, thanks. Yeah, well, I wanted to add one little quick note to that when i first uh, started i was if you remember the, the running joke was which distribution are you running this week right <laughs> okay but as i've kind of started using linux you know because i'm 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 at 99.9 percent linux right now that's all i use i have to keep that little bit so i can play uh, games that won't play on linux but but everything else is Linux, and I just 
I've just kind of adopted that that whole thing of I just want it to work so I can get things done type of uh, mentality. Yeah. Uh, but occasionally I, I I like to to broaden my horizons. But then I'm thinking, boy, I have I'm looking at my DVD collection over here of, of used uh, distribution system. Man, that's a lot. That my poor hard drive on my on my laptops have gotten really abused. <laughs> <laughs> well, take that as an opportunity to upgrade maybe to an SSD or something when they do fail. You know? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> as you said on the last episode, you know, your next computer is probably going to be a System 76. You can order them with an SSD, yeah? Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, the, my next one I've been kind of lusting after is the, the Bonobo, the, the yeah. big one. And so I've been kind of lusting after that. And I'm just trying to justify, say, oh, boy, I sure would like that. Uh, can I say, man, this thing still works great. But, uh, you know, all in all, it, it's 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 fun. I hope uh, everybody um, uh, enjoyed it. And if you have any suggestions of other ones to try, or if you'd just like to send me an email, call me a, a chimp, that's fine, too. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'll look into them. Okay, again, thanks, Bill. So let's mm -hmm. wrap up. Our next episode, of course, will be a listener feedback episode. Until then, you can go to our website at goinglinks.com for articles and show notes, as well as links to download and subscribe. We are the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done. If you'd like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining the discussion in our Going Linux podcast Google Plus community. Until next time, thanks for listening. 73. Theme music provided by Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com.